Good morning. My name is Forrest. Um, I could just do that for like another hour. How about you? Yeah. <laughs> um, we would like to give uh, an extra welcome to those who have who've just, you know, they're visiting or maybe you've come a few times. And I'd like to talk, um, okay, sorry, I'm off script already. I'd like to talk to those of, of us who have been here for a long time and we're kind of coming together into this one service and we're doing that thing where we're like, I'm not sure if they're new or if I just have never seen them before because I went to a different service, okay? Just just go talk to them anyway, all right? Get pushed through the embarrassment. It's fine. It's more important that people know that they're loved and welcomed. Um, so um, we exist. We are, as I said, this is our mission purpose. I'm going to read it because it's, it's changed a little bit, so I'm, I'm catching up here. Um, we are a gathered group of Christians who exist to give creative and meaningful worship to God and to discover and develop disciples for the Lord Jesus Christ. We strive to love God and love others fervently. That last part is really important because if you hear us say, um, we want to make disciples, you might hear us say, we just want to make converts. <laughs> it's not what a disciple is. It's much more than that, okay? And as you, as you come and learn, um, I hope you see how much more and how that, that incorporates the whole Christian life um, and that Jesus loved and cared for and served his disciples. Um, if you see any empty spots in the seats, please uh, feel free to scoot in, you know, um, get a little closer to each other. We got people coming in through the back and um, we're, we're struggling already with some space. So uh, announcements. Uh, let's see. Oh, back of your chair, you, you might see a connect card. And I think there's a registration for uh, Kids Church back there, too. Um, so if you haven't registered your kids, there's a little table right outside the door here, and we'd like to register all the kids that go down to it's Children's check Church. It's check-in. we got to say check-in. Check-in. Okay, okay. Not registered, check-in. <laughs> all right, so it's not a one-time thing. It's an every Sunday thing. We'll get a little sticker put on the back of their, their shirt so that we don't lose them, and we make sure as we return them to the correct person. So, um, uh, there's a prayer meeting. I was just out there. Uh, I had to sneak in and out, but uh, nine o'clock every Sunday, right in the in that room with the glass doors, the library area. Um, it's awesome if you just want to spend a little time in prayer before service. Um, there's uh, adult Sunday school along with the kids Sunday school that happens right after service here. Um, so if you haven't registered, that's fine. Just wander around. Every room is full of some group, so um, you'll be welcomed. Just walk in. Um, Let's see, and uh, worship team. Worship team is looking for instrumentalists, vocalists, and tech people to join. I know it's easy to think that, um, you know, they've got all these talented people. They don't want me. They want you. Trust me. Okay. Let's pray. Oh, Lord God, we are grateful to be here this morning. This is a day that you want to show us more of yourself. This is a moment... <laughs> that you want to use to draw us in. I pray that we wouldn't miss it. I pray that you would prepare our hearts now to see you in a way that we've never seen you before, for some truth to sink down deep and affect us. We just pray that you would work through the teaching, through the music, through your word this morning. And we pray this in your name. In that way this morning. So let's bow our heads in prayer. So, Heavenly Father, we, uh, working down this list, we are so thankful for our missionaries. We are so thankful for uh, their call. Um, and, and these two this morning, uh, Hattie Marie and, and for Dennis and his family, uh, to different countries. And so Latin America and, and uh, Liberia. Lord, um, we thank you for like times like this morning when, when we can see Dennis and he's, he's in our presence and 
we can thank him and, and pray for him in person. And so, Lord, continue to be with our missionaries all over the world. I want to pray for our facilitators who, who, who serve in the next hour at the 11 o'clock hour. And, Lord, for their opportunity to, to help us get to know one another more, but also around the Word of God, and so that we can have those kind of discussions with one another. I also want to pray for the transition team. And I thank you, Lord, for them taking uh, this time to say, we're going to think and pray and, uh, deeply about the direction of the church and going forward. And just, Lord, um, I thank you for their time commitment uh, in doing this. We again, Lord, pray and thank you for these little ones that have been born this, this last week. And we do pray for the little one that, that, the, that would be able to hold down the nourishment and, and strengthen like her, uh, like her sister, Lord. And so, but all three of them, Lord, we pray that your hand would be upon them. And uh, mom and dad too, mom and dads in both situations, your hand would be upon them. Lord, we do pray for those who have lost loved ones just recently. And uh, Lord, the, what the days that they are walking through and the, maybe the events they are walking through during this time, uh, may they... May they never know they're alone, that you are right there with them. And, and Lord, we have had um, those in our, that we know of who have been battling sickness. And so, Lord, your healing touch upon them this day. And, Lord, um, we want to thank you that we can give our tithes and offerings. We want to so thank you that you have provided the resources in so many different ways to us, Lord. And, Lord, that we can hold them together, and see them used for the glory of God. And so it is, a, it is just a joy to be able to give and say, Lord, here, thank you. And, and, and may this be multiplied in many ways, Lord, that others would know of the love of Jesus Christ and hear the gospel message. And so, Lord, we ask your blessing upon our tithes and offerings this morning. We ask this in your precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Those that are standing may be seated. And while we're taking up our offering, direct your attention to the screens and you'll see a little short video. First and foremost, you see someone who God made. The one who crafted and shaped the earth and everything therein. Just 48 hours hanging out with friends, having some fun. No, this will mark the next 48, 58, 68 years of your life. Well, that was a lot of fun. Uh, but I want to give you some numbers real quick. 
Uh, first of all, uh, actually, let me back up. I want to say thank you. Uh, Jeremy and I want to say th the whole team says thank you. We took 26 kids with us to districts this year. Yeah, thank you. That is 11 more than last year, and that is by your generosity and your generosity alone, and you're investing into our youth here and the ability for them to go hear the word being preached and then respond to it. Um, we're going to do two to three things here. One, I want to recap. Man, the the speaker that we had this year, I don't know. Jeremy's been a lot more times than I have, so he can tell you. Uh, one of the – I don't even know how to put it. One of the most uh, influential speakers I think I've heard in a long time, just as far as uh, speaking to the kids clearly, directly the gospel, and then challenging them in a way that I don't think I've ever heard anybody challenge kids, right? Because usually when we see teenagers, we don't think that there's – uh, there's much we can expect from them. Sorry, guys. Uh, but here's the thing. He did, and we're going to play a clip uh, right now. But before we do that, I just want to go through the four things because I think they're not only good for them, for us as leaders, but for all of us. Uh, the first message he preached on Friday uh, was there's a massive misunderstanding about our relationship with God. Uh, and uh, the three points he gave, he came for us. We didn't go find him. He carries you all the way. And there's celebration in heaven at your return. Ooh, amen. All right. And the second one, the morning was a value proposition, right? Our identity, finding our identity in Christ, right? How valuable are you to God was the question he posed. All right. So those of you who are at districts, I want you to stand up real quick. You got a couple of you. Okay. All right. So the first question, who made you? Oh, my gosh. All right, let's all do it together. Did you hear what they said? First one, who made you? God made you. All right, how rare are you? Anyone take a guess? One of one. You are one of one. You are uniquely made, right? How rare are you? One of one. And the last one, what would God pay for you? Sam, what did we say? Jesus. Jesus. What would God pay for you? So as we look at value and worth, and the, the conference uh, was about freedom, right? And so we addressed identity. And so value and worth is only found in Christ, and God gives us to uh, gives those to us. What it means to follow Jesus. Oh, man. All right. I'm not even going to walk through this. I just want you to listen to the clip. Go ahead, guys. Sit down. Are you ready tonight? In the light of the worst sales pitch you've ever heard. When it comes to being a real follower of his, are you willing, knowing how uncomfortable, inconvenient, noticeable, is that, can you hear something? I'm sorry. Noticeable, uncool, and forever, are you ready to still pick it up? Come on and follow here. Because tonight, I'm going to give you a chance to make that decision. So I want to give you a chance right now in maybe the most pressure-filled environment you've ever felt in a conference context before to say, you know what? Dan, you couldn't talk me out of it. Uncomfortable? Bring it. Inconvenient? I hope it messes with my every single day. Noticeable? I've been waiting for everyone to see this. Uncool? I wasn't that cool to begin with. 
forever. By the grace of God, may this be. If that's you with every eye open and every head raised and everyone looking around, if you want to be one of those crazy followers of Jesus, with everyone around you watching, and not because they're standing, I want you to make a decision. If that's you right now, would you stand to your feet? Wait, wait, wait. Whoa, whoa, stop. Sit down again. Bruh, you got up way too quick. Were you paying attention? What's your name? Sorry? James. Can I call you Jimmy? You look like a Jimmy to me. James? Do you know what, like what you're doing here? Because you're going to get back to school like next week. And like carrying across every single day is going to mess with your like everyday flow. Instead of you just getting focused on trying to get through every single day, you're going to be focused on the voice of Jesus in your ear and the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. And you're going to be now a carrier of the gospel in your high school. You know that. You're cool with that. You know, it's going to mess with your relationships. You know what I'm saying? How old are you, James? 15. And you already got a mustache right now? That's amazing, bro. People clapping for you right now, but no one will be clapping you come Wednesday. And you know that, that following Jesus is going to mess with the way you do relationships. So instead of now, you just being around females all the time, trying to work out how, you know, she's cute or she's hot. And no, now it's just, I'm thinking about now, these are my sisters in Jesus. And I'm going to learn how to honor young ladies. And I'm going to learn what it means to be a true friend and a brother before I even jump. Do you know it's going to mess with your, you know what I'm saying? And you still want to stand up? James, you're crazy. But you might just change the world. Amen. So with every eye open and every head raised and everyone looking around, if you're going to be crazy like James and you're saying, after well, it's a little bit of a long clip, but I feel like I want to bring us on the same page as we pray for our youth group for the rest of the year, right? Uh, I'm sure if you've been at an altar call before, you've been asked to uh, follow Jesus nobody's ever put up that many hurdles. Usually everybody's trying to knock them down so you walk through the door easily. Uh, but he did not do it for us that night. And so I want to hear back. Uh, Sam, can you tell us one thing that you walked away, one way you were challenged in a way that you have not been challenged before? Uh, well, <clears throat> so I love all the seminars and I love Dan Leon, Um But I felt really um challenged in the worship music and i just it was just so cool uh seeing all the people um like 4000 kids that you don't see openly worshiping like you don't see a lot of people op openly worshiping at school um or in the public or anything but just 4000 peers my age worshiping uh the lord is really amazing um you can just feel the spirit flowing through the chaos center, uh, which is where we had the district's uh, conference. But So when we think about this message and how he talks about going back to school and being a witness at school and following Christ in front of everybody, how did that, uh, how did that challenge you maybe more than it did before? Yeah, well, it's a little scary, but um, I think it's, it's really important. And, oh, oops, sorry. Um, 
Yeah, but it was what? Oh, okay, sorry. Um, it challenged me to to think that there are people in um my school that that need to hear the gospel, and um, it's important. It's really important to spread the good news to all the people that I can. Awesome. Why don't you hand it to Kennedy? Kennedy, thanks for coming up. Um. Tell us one way that districts impacted you and your relationship with God uh, that maybe wasn't there before we went there. Well, I wasn't ready for these questions. I thought, like, okay. <laughs> Not because I thought I just. Okay, wait, what was the question again? What was one way you were impacted at districts that you hadn't been impacted before that? I think it was just like seeing all of those like 4,000 kids or like however many it was that were like wanted to like follow Jesus Christ as their savior that like really hit different. Like at school, there's not many kids that like go to church or like do that. But like it was like a good feeling like being surrounded by all those other people, you know? Do you feel like you're more prepared now to go into school and be the light of Christ wherever you are? I'd say so, yeah. Awesome. Although it might be scary, but we got it. We got it. So, yeah, you, you got it. We got it. Did you have anything else you wanted to say? You prepared. I know you prepared. She's um, a good student. She prepared for this. Well, I just thought we'd like share like just how it like was. Go for it. So, districts twenty twenty three was my first and last districts, but I'm honestly really sad to say it was my last and first because it was so fun. Um, there was a lot of memories made. I got closer with a bunch of kids throughout our youth group, but also from other youth groups all around. Um, the district's worship team, the guest speakers, the band that performed were all amazing. The memories that were made were um, unforgettable. If you are an underclassman, I highly recommend going. Um, oh, what did I do? Um, I learned a lot at districts. I think a lot of kids from our youth group can say that. But one of my biggest takeaways was um, Satan does everything outside in, but God does everything inside out. That really hit diff. Yeah. Amen. Well, why don't we do this now? We're going to pray. We're going to pray for the kids that came back from districts, and we're going to pray for all the youth group. Um, I challenged the, our older kids. Lois and I have the 11th and 12th graders, and I said, you have – Five months left. How does it feel to have five months left? Everybody got real scared. Uh, five months. And so I'm going to challenge you in a way you've never been challenged before. I want you to pass on one thing that was the most influential thing in following Christ that you've had in the years that you've been here. And so that was my last challenge for them. We have a lot of seniors going out into the world, and we'll talk about them more in a couple months. But can we pray together uh, for them to be uh, not only moved by this one event, but that the gospel would continue every week as we hear the word being preached here to propel us forward, as Dan Leanne said, not for a high, high last week, but for the next 57, 67, 87 years of their lives that they would follow God full-heartedly and make disciples. Father, we're so thankful for all that you did Last weekend, we're thankful for all the kids that were able to come. We're thankful for the 3,200 kids from across Wisconsin that gathered together to hear your word being preached, to hear the gospel truth 
uh, for many of them in a way that they've never heard before or at all. And so, Father, we're so thankful. We want to praise you. We want to lift up your holy name. Uh, you are the God who doesn't leave us where we are, but carries us uh, where we need to go. Father, as we look at the last five months of the year, uh, would you continue to do a work uh, in all the kids in youth group? Would you catch those last few kids uh, that haven't seen your face, that haven't committed to following you wholeheartedly, that haven't uh, repented, that haven't obeyed? Uh, would you cause us to hear your word and respond in the time that we have left for this school year? And God, I just want to thank you for the love and the support from this church um, and the ways that they care about their youth. Um, and God, I pray for these kids and just that this would not um, end as some mountaintop experience but uh, that you would help them understand how to live out their faith and carry this cross each, each and every day. Um, and I pray the same thing for all of us, God. Um, thank you so much for your love. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 That's me, isn't it? Whoa, man, I'm doing all kinds of stuff. I'm going to just turn it off. I'll use the handheld. James Chamberlain, come on up here um, with your helpers. And children are dismissed to Children's Church, but follow James. James is coming right down here. So kids that are going to Kids Church, come on down and then follow James out. We kept them in here because... It's really important that our children, they look up to the teens. They look up to those that are ahead of them. And so it's great for them to hear the testimonies of those that are ahead of them and, and how God is touching their lives. And isn't that a beautiful sight? Yes, it is. It's a beautiful sight. Well, again, I want to say thank you for all the people who have been praying for me. Um, each day's a little better, and I thank you for that. Um, I do want to make... Um, we do have sheets in the back that are of what we're going to cover this morning. Um, we're in the book of Philemon, um, but we will be going to 2 Peter. And if you don't have a scripture journal, we did get some extras, and they're in a box in the back there. Um, we'll probably go to 2 Peter in February. First Sunday in February is when we'll start. We will start that. Am I on with this? Yes, Philemon. Philemon is where we're at. Um, through our study of 1 Peter, though, um, I, I continued to pull Paul and Peter together, Peter to Paul, Paul to Peter, and show at, you know, how they were saying the same things at times. So last week when we ended 1 Peter, Peter referenced a man named Silvanius or Silas as his brother, and then he also referenced another man Mark as his son, and we know that being their spiritual brother in the Lord, spiritual son in the Lord kind of thing. When we go to Philemon this morning, we're going to see Paul do the same thing. Paul's going to refer to Philemon as his brother in the Lord, and then he's going to refer to Onesimus as his child or son in the Lord, in the Lord. So you're seeing Peter and Paul doing the same thing. And this sermon I want to give this morning is kind of a tie-in of a series that I did just before Thanksgiving. 
talking about what's it mean to be a church member? What's it mean to be a part of God's, God's family? And, um, and that's why I titled this from one church member to another church member about another church member. That's what this letter is all about. It's one church member uh, writing a letter to another church member about another church member. And also in this short little letter, there's another backbone of or vertebrae of a healthy church, of a healthy church. We ended last week, uh, Peter gave us some of those vertebrae. Uh, one of the vertebrae of a healthy church is the true grace of God, that we, uh, our message is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is our message. That is our message of hope. That is what we hold out there. That's the only thing that we have to hold out there for eternity, is that we hold tightly onto the gospel of Jesus Christ. The second vertebrae in a healthy church is this brotherly affection among the family. We talked about the kiss of love, and we all went, eh. although Phil, Phil Sam Filippo was all in on this, but, but the affection that we have for one another that goes beyond ourselves, that we are, we, we truly do care even more about the person that we are focused on than ourselves kind of thing. So that's another vertebrae of a healthy church. The third one he gave us last week was a harmonious state now, that there's peace among y'all. I mean, as a whole group and individually, you have a peace, there's a, there's a harmony that because we are all in Christ, because we are all in Christ, we have peace now amongst one another, but this is an everlasting peace. This peace goes on forever, and we are at peace with God because of what Christ did on the cross. Okay, I'm going to give you another number four today because I see it in this passage of Scripture. But to go back to that, am I a church member of God's family? First off, you start off and say, am I a Christian? Am I a Christian? Have I denied myself, taken up his cross, and followed after him? Do I deny my very self? This life isn't about me anymore. It's all about him. Have, have I taken up this cross that now I am a Christian, and I would even suffer for Christ because it's all about him? And also, I will follow in his footsteps. I will follow in his words that are there. Am I a Christian? Second one, am I pursuing love of God and others? Am I in, is that ever increasing in my life that I'm pursuing to be in love with my God and loving others? Third one, am I examining myself in light of the scriptures? What is my guide now? My guide isn't what's on the news. My guide isn't um, actually looking at other people. No, it's actually going to the word of God and saying, this is my guide. This is how I measure myself, is what God has given to us in his word. Number four, am I listening and obeying my spiritual leaders? Uh, he uses this beautiful illustration in the scriptures. I, I almost wonder if when God created sheep, that he created sheep because he wanted this illustration for us to have, that we are sheep and sheep need a what? A shepherd. A shepherd. And so am I listening? And that's how he set it up, that we are sheep in a flock, and he sets up these shepherds over us. 
So am I listening and obeying my spiritual leaders? And of course, we looked at that and said, you know, these spiritual leaders need to be based off of, again, what? God's word, God's word. Number five, am I being discipled by my local church body? Not only are we sheep and there's a shepherd, but we're a flock. And because we're a flock and because we gather up at times, just like this morning, we gather up at times that we are discipled by one another. Discipleship is happening. Uh, this is just one part of it, but discipleship is happening all the time within this body of Christ. Number six, am I understanding my shepherd's role in my life? Do I realize that, wait a minute, these shepherds, these spiritual leaders that God has put over the flock, uh, they, they are to care for my soul. And so sometimes, sometimes your shepherd sees things that you don't see or maybe even sees it for the whole flock that the whole flock doesn't see. And therefore, the shepherd takes you to passages of Scripture. Shepherd takes you to, to things that and warns you at times, takes you and comes up alongside you, encourages you at some time, that that's what their role is. And then number seven, which we did at the Thanksgiving Eve service, was this triangle of relationship that we realize that we are interconnected. There's me, and I'm connected to the flock as a, as a, as a sheep. I'm connected to the flock, and the flock is connected to me. And then me, as an individual, I'm connected to my spiritual leaders, and my spiritual leaders are connected to me. And then there's the spiritual leaders are connected to the whole flock, and then the whole flock is connected to the spiritual leaders. And we just talked about that, how, how important it is that we understand the interconnectedness that we have with one another as being a part of, of this part of the body of Christ. So the fourth thing that is a vertebrae uh, of a healthy church is forgiveness, is forgiveness. The act of forgiveness is the fourth vertebrae. Now, before we go to Philemon, I want to show you that in, our, in some of these scriptures that I have up there, Exodus chapter 34. In 1 Peter, we learn, be holy because... God is holy, so we are to live holy lives. We are to strive to live holy lives because we are following a God who is holy, holy. Same concept here. Listen to this in chapter 34 of Exodus, starting in verse 6. Then Yahweh, God, passed in front of him, and him is Moses, and called out. So this is God calling out. He says, Yahweh, Yahweh God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin. So what does God do there? God self-declares that he's a God of forgiveness. So if I'm to be holy because he is holy, well, I also serve a forgiving God. What am I to be? I'm to be a forgiving person, to be a forgiving person. Think of the parable of the prodigal son. You know, if you know this story, you know the father has two sons. The younger son says, give me my stuff. And so the father gives him his stuff, and he goes off to a far country, and he's, he, he blows it all. And he finally gets to a state where he's feeding pigs, and he's desiring what the pigs have to eat, and he comes to his senses. And he thinks about his father, and he thinks about the farm back home, and he thinks about the servants that his father has, and he thinks, wow, man, they, they are so better off than I am right now. 
And, and I think this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back to my father, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to ask to come back in as a son, but would you just take me in as a servant? Because that way I'd have food, clothing, and shelter. And that's way more than what I have right now. And so the younger son goes back home, and you know the rest of the story, don't you? When he gets in eyesight, there's this old man come running at him, his father. And when he was considering, like, maybe he would get the leftovers, what does the father do? He kills the fatted calf and says, let's have a feast. When he thinks that maybe he would get hand-me-downs, which would be great, what does he get? The father says, put on the robe. When he thinks maybe they might put a string around his finger, what's he get? He gets a ring. And that shows you that God's forgiveness is full. God's forgiveness. We turn to him. His forgiveness is full. Now, there's the flip side of the coin that we always need to go to is what if I don't forgive? What if I follow that kind of path? James chapter 2, verse 13 says, For judgment will be merciless to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So there's the flip side of the coin. There's a judgment coming for those who don't forgive. Who don't forgive. Let's flip the coin back over again. Ephesians 4.32. This is probably a very common one. But the phrase that's here, it says, instead, be kind to one another. Remember that from Vacation Bible School. Tenderhearted, graciously forgiving each other. Why? Just as God in Christ also graciously forgiven you. So we are following God's example when we forgive. Just to show it again. In Colossians, and this is one you probably should mark in your Bible and have it marked to be able to go back to it. Colossians 3, starting in verse 12. So as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and graciously forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord graciously forgave you, so also should you. So also should you. And you you just keep reading on there because that whole list is a great one. But let me end with this one before we get to the passage. Matthew chapter 18. Uh, Peter comes up to Matthew and says, or comes up to Jesus and says, uh, how many times do I forgive my brother? Up to seven times? And he thought he was being gracious, you know, because like three strikes and you're out kind of thing. You know, and even today, it's like one strike. Man, it was one strike and you're out kind of thing. But so he was feeling like he's being gracious to say, I'll forgive him up to seven times. And what does Jesus respond back? No, not seven times. Seventy times seven. How much is that? 490. Some mathematicians here. Yeah. But the whole idea is not that we have a list that's 490, you know, it has 490 lines on it. No, it's not that at all. It's that we don't keep a list. No, that we live a life of forgiveness. And I think after that conversation, Jesus tells this story. 
In verse 23 starts it, For this reason the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. And when he had begun to settle them, one owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. So that's, a, that's an amount that he could not have paid back. There was no way, shape, or form during that time that he could have paid that back. There's no way of doing it. And then he says, but since he did not have the means to repay, his Lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife and children and all they had and repayment to be made. So if there's a debt, there is just judgment to um, be rendered for the requirement of that debt. So what this master was doing was just. Then it says, therefore, the slave fell to the ground, prostrated himself before him, saying, have patience with me. I will repay you everything, but he can't repay this debt. This way out, it, there's no way he can repay this debt. Then the next verse, and feeling compassion. Here's the, here's the thing right here. Here's the turning point. He can't pay back this debt, but the master, the Lord, had compassion on him. And what happens? Feeling compassion, the Lord of the slave, um, that slave released, relieved him and forgave him of his debt. Verse 28, big but, but that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves. Fellow slaves, so long, the same, same uh, status and everything else, who owed him 100 denarii. Now, that was still a lot of money in that day, but that was doable. That was doable to be able to pay that back. And he seized him and began to choke him, saying, pay back what you owe. So his fellow slave fell to the ground, was pleading with him, have patience with me, and I will repay you. Now hear the difference. But, another big but, but he was unwilling. He was unwilling. There's no compassion. He's not like his master. He's not like his Lord who gave compassion. No, that compassion is not there. He's not like his master. He was unwilling and went and threw him in prison until he should pay back what was owed. And so when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved and came and reported to the Lord all that had happened. See, his fellow workers, his fellow servants said, wait, I don't think that's right. Wait a minute here. Don't you realize what was done for you, he, he forgave you of a debt that you could never repay back. Then it says, then summoning him, his Lord said to him, you wicked slave, I forgave all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I have mercy on you? And his Lord moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he could repay all that was owed him. And remember, this is the debt that can't be repaid. My heavenly father, he ends it this way. My heavenly father will also do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your hearts. Oh, how important is this subject this morning? How important is this subject in light of God's people that we are like our father and we forgive, we forgive. So let's go to, you know what? I'm going to end it right there. We'll come back to Philemon next week. I, I'm so thankful for what we heard of our teens and, and their report this morning. But I, I want to give time.
for us to walk through this. And maybe it'll give you another time to read through this. As you see that now that I've primed the pump, that you realize how important forgiveness is. How important it is. I'll end with this story. And I'll tell it again next week. Because when it comes to, and Aaron, come on up. When it comes to forgiveness, there is one. I I mean, I've, I've got a bunch of spiritual heroes in my life. But I've got one spiritual hero in which I saw this played out. Because I want you to know that forgiveness is powerful. Forgiveness is powerful. And that spiritual hero, and I'm glad she's not here this morning, is my wife, Stephanie. In 2006, my wife and our two boys were in a head-on car accident. Um, actually, Stephanie saw it coming, and at, but before the truck hit them, they were in a little car, before the truck hit them, she was already completely at a stop, and they were on a hill. And, and, and when that truck rammed into them, the brake marks on the hill were hers because she was fully depressed and the truck drove them back up the hill. Altered the boys' lives, two broken legs. The other one had other internal injuries and stuff like that that was going on. Come to find out that the man that ran into them, um, this was his third offense of reckless driving. We didn't know that. And the county said, um, we're going to prosecute him. We we didn't bring that forward. The county did. This county said, we're, we're, we're bringing down the charges on him. So there was a whole trial that they went through and everything, and he was found guilty, and then it came to the sentencing. And at the sentencing, um, you know, the, some people get to speak and say, you know, the, to, to plead to the judge kind of thing. Stephanie. Stephanie got up to that podium and she told what happened. I mean, she was there. <laughs> she had two black eyes and bent the whole steering wheel and everything else. She told the story of what happened. But as you read Philemon, you're going to get to verse 15 and 16 that says, perhaps, and what he's talking, Paul is saying to Philemon, I want you to look at this differently. I want you to look at this differently. Stephanie got up there, and by that time, we realized that this guy had a wife. This guy had kids. And most likely, the book was going to get thrown at him, and he was going to get thrown in jail. And she got up there, and she said, Judge, I know, I know, I know that this man will probably go to jail. But I know the lenient side of it is that he could have, um, he could have, community service. And I I know our lives have been altered, but he's got a wife and he's got some kids. If there's anything that you can do to have him serve out his time in community service, that's what I would like you to do. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm just bawling. I'm just bawling. I'm like, wow. She looked at it differently. Looked at it differently. Now, so the judge got up and had him stand up, you know, so I'm going to sentence you. And and, and not verbatim, not verbatim, because I can't remember the exact words, but basically said to him, that lady just saved your bacon. You You were headed to jail. But because of what she said, because of what she said, 
I'm going to go with the lenient. And I'm going to say, serve out your time, and here's what your community service is so that you can still care for your family and your kids kind of thing. Now, I don't know if that person, per se, if it really sunk in what she did, but I know there were plenty in the room, and plus my two boys in the room that realized that, wait a minute, there was something different that happened because mom, because mom, because my wife saw the situation differently and decided to forgive and decided to forgive. I, I hope that's a primer pump for, for next Sunday as we walk through Philemon, okay? Read through it a couple times this week and get to know the characters uh, of this book and everything because there are a lot of lessons about forgiveness that are in this little tiny book. It's only 25 verses long. It's just before the book of Hebrews in the toward the back of your Bible. It's just that little tiny thing. Read it through a couple times and see how much it touches your life.